All right, we're good. All, so, right. We, I, I, all right, I guess we're starting. Bradley Wells. Christian, here we are. Here we go. March 9th, 2018. Episode 9. Episode 9, a talk story. And we're here with Scott Stripling. Scott Stripling. Woo! How are you doing? Introduce yourself here a little bit, Scott. Scott Stripling, Surfrider Foundation, uh, Waterman, Meteorologist, National Hurricane Center. I'm making uh, ocean and wave forecasts for the open Atlantic and Pacific. Cheers to you, sir. So you know it's going to get nerdy. You know, with an intro like that, oh goodness, I can't wait. And uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed that there's things in front of us now, these little foamy contraptions. Yeah, I guess that's, uh, we're going to just dump into the weekly haps, which includes these all things? of this. Okay. We can kind of go there if you want to lead us right into I, that. I think you just did. Oh, well, here I go. So we're very lucky to have Caleb being the audio and now visual guy. He is being Super nominated cool. yeah. for more and more roles. Well, it takes end. a village. It takes a village. And you know what? We put it out there. We're like, maybe we need a little help. And Caleb was like, you know what? I think I got the help for you. Yeah. And he showed up with three microphones, a mixing board. And so hopefully this is going to turn into something of a better quality product uh this episode uh, well i think we are uh, testing is this thing on yes i think this will work <laughs> with your It'll jerry do. rig studio yes. yeah i mean i mean if you guys saw how we have this all set up there are strings tape yep and Dun- just kind Dun- of holding it all together yeah. yeah i actually have resin and epoxy on my fingers i'm trying to stick it in there to keep the camera up but we are rolling and we're live and um listen it's a labor of love we're doing it for well we're doing it for well we're doing it for everybody we're doing it for everybody i mean we're just having fun so, um, some of the weekly haps I think that I wanted to talk about was one, we're working on a gallery for this last swell mm. and not only a gallery, but it's sort of like a mega gallery on thank you surfing. Uh, I recognized the other day when I was scrolling endlessly through Instagram, trying to find every single picture that I could find of the swell that it was kind of annoying. And, uh, so I reached out to a few of my photographer friends and I said, uh, would you guys want to give me a couple images, like submit some stuff and then I'll put it in one place. Like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing because there's such a pain in the ass to go around everywhere to find where all the images are. Why don't we put them in one spot? And, um, so yeah, I'm taking submissions right now and I've received some, it's been really cool. Um, one of the things that I try to do is not ask for certain things in the submission. It was just whatever. Right. And so the first uh, thing that I looked at actually today was like a lot of lifestyle stuff from like from the beach. Right. Like sitting on the beach and seeing what everybody was doing. And and it was kind of because there's a show not just out in the water of what's going on, the cartwheels that are coming down the faces of these waves. Especially here. But you have the people that are watching it and people that are like, oh, there's waves in Miami. And, you know, I I feel like I've heard that a couple times over in random different places. Like, oh, girl, did you see the waves at the beach? I went to the beach and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, that's right. We got some waves up in here. (laughs) Once a (laughs) I mean, right now. I know. Listen, for this one time of year. We'll take it. I'll take it. And it's uh, so, yeah. Taking in all these submissions right now, and over the next few days, I'm gonna start putting all that stuff together. And honestly, I have no idea what's gonna come out of it. It's That's what I've rad. seen so far has been awesome. Well, you know, we did that uh, that one event here at the shop once before. We uh-huh. kind of like got a photo gallery of all, you know, what are you, three different photographers at the at time, least, yeah. three or four different photographers. And we kind of showcase. Are we thinking of maybe doing something like that again? Something. I mean, you ain't gotta, you know, you hurt me with your, a good time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> Done. Done. So I guess we're doing that. Uh, So look for that, I guess, an announcement sometime soon. I guess we're going to do some sort of photo something or other after I put this gallery together. 
shaping up definitely. I bet. I, I can only imagine how many, I mean, there was just Richter, how many pictures there are yeah, out man. there from up and down the coast everywhere. Yeah, like my yeah. whole Instagram feed is like, wow, wow, wow. It's just like the whole exactly. coast lit up. Yeah. And now, with, and now with drones, you got even a million more, you know? Dude, how was the Reef Road drone footages? They were just oh, ridiculous. Incredible. Yeah. incredible stuff. Oh, my God. Just good What's stuff. happening in the shops? Shops. Well, we, uh, we've been busy here yeah. with surf kind of going on. And hopefully we got some more surf coming up on top and we'll, on, on top and we'll go ahead and discuss that. But um, currently we don't have any uh, events lined up here okay. other than the next ones that we'll go ahead and plan. But at Division in our spot in Wynwood, uh, next Thursday will be the start of the TV show that we had done with Ami James from Miami Sweet. Inc. fame as well as Chris Nunez and it's called The Tattoo Shop and it'll be on Facebook Watch and that'll be next Thursday. I'm not sure what time. It'll probably be in the evening. We're actually going to do a, a viewing party of it at the Division Shop in Winwood. Um, oh, so you so have something going on. Yeah, so we'll be, <laughs> we'll be posting stuff. We just haven't kind of nailed down the exact details. Okay. Cool. So we'll be viewing cool. it there on Thursday and then... Um, we did eight episodes or webisodes, so there'll be one released every week starting next Thursday, and then every Friday that follows it or the next day, we'll be having a Facebook Live where uh, Ami and the crew will be doing mystery tattoo where you can kind of come in and put your arm or leg through this wall and not that know what crazy. tattoo they're going to give you. Would you do uh, that? Signed up for it. So that's going to be coming up as well, and that should be pretty cool. So out of there, every Thursday and Friday, we'll be having something going on for the next eight weeks. So follow Division Winwood if you don't already. Um, kind of just stay tuned because it's going to be Were fun. Are you being modest or you just forget that you're doing all these things? Uh, I mean, you that, know, is, that is a weekly happening. Yeah, you came up with the I tattoo guess. glory hole idea. Uh, I think Ami and these guys did. <laughs> and, and, it, and it was kind of the basis as to how Facebook picked up to uh, give them a show mm -hmm. was because they did the mystery tattoo and they had a couple people do it and they had such a strong showing of it that Facebook had to look at it and be like, whoa, maybe we have something here. And that's yeah. where kind of the TV show got produced. Cool. And it's oh, and it's no and it's a cool TV show because yeah. it's not like the scripted reality that they had done and was kind of like the basis of so much shows mm -hmm. nowadays. It's kind of come from a you know like a, a day in a life kind of point of yeah. view. You have a you know very like Vice TV esque where you know it's just these guys doing what they do and just producing amazing pieces. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. So I so guess looking we forward to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think another thing that uh, Chris and I maybe want to talk. about, Chris probably doesn't even know I want to talk about this, but. Um, we went surfing together the other day off coast in southern uh, Palm Beach County. And as we paddled out, uh, this kid kind of paddled over to us and was like, hey, are you thank you surfing? And Chris is like, hi, I'm Chris and that's Brad. And yeah, yeah we do that thing. And so this kid was super stoked. Um, about, Austin. Yeah, Austin. Cool. And um, it was super weird, you know, yeah. to kind of have that happen. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was like, well, what do you got? Why do you watch what we're doing? What do you, and he's like, well, I'm learning a lot about forecasting and, and what there is going on right. in the community here. And one of the other things that I wanted to know was, well, what, what's important to you? What do you want to see us talk about? What are the issues that are important to you? And this goes back to the episode that we had uh, well, last week, which we just reposted, um, which is like the kids these days. Right. He was, and I, I have no idea. He's like maybe 17, yeah, 18, young, 19 right, years yep. old or something yeah. like that. And um, when I asked him for any ideas, yeah, he, he didn't say anything. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Just like keep doing what you're doing kind of thing. Right. And then later um, I paddle over the top of a wave and I'm paddling past him to like go out to the outside. And he's like, oh, wait, actually I did have an idea. And I was like, all right, all right. let's hear it. He's like, you know, 
I've never really seen a swell like this and it's so big that it's pushed in all this marine debris, like all this plastic, all this garbage. Yep. And it just kind of occurred to me that there's all this stuff in the ocean that's floating in on the on these waves and I'd never seen anything like it. And some guy, when I started surfing years ago, I imagine some crusty old salty guy, <laughs> probably like us, being like, you know, pick up, uh, he's like, what do you say? Pick up one piece of trash for every wave you catch. And so the kid told me this and I was like, this is incredible. Austin, Austin, you know, yeah. like, good on you. I mean, this is yeah. this is the kids today, you know, the kids these days. And it was super cool to, to run into him and he was, amped as anything to be served waves it was, like that. It was way cool. Although, I will say that if we're gonna judge that, on the session that I had, I probably would have picked up not much trash. <laughs> <laughs> God, how do you go two hours, get four waves, and two of them you're going straight on, you get one pitched, and the other one you're like, I'm just gonna toss my board. Really? God, but you know what, Austin, I like where your head is at. He, he's absolutely right. I think that's great, and I think that's amazing that these kids are having so much more of a proactive approach what we're on doing about those last things. time yeah. on the last episode. I was, I'm just like in awe of how they handled themselves. And I know they're not supposed to be uh, in tune with anything and they're all just sitting there on their devices and all this kind of stuff. But then you have something like that happen and you're like, I don't believe that for a minute. Maybe they're bored. Maybe they're bored from having so much technology their whole lives mm -hmm. that they're just like, I know this isn't, this doesn't seem fake. I, I, I like, I just feel like it's a natural instinct that you'd be like, uh, I need realness. I need realness. Maybe they're looking at certain things like that and they're saying, Hey, like I could maybe make a real change in my local neighborhood. That's where it starts. Yeah. It, well, anyway, it's super cool. No, and so Austin. Good on you, Austin. Shout out to you, you up there in uh, Southern Palm Beach County. Um, that was pretty cool though. Yeah. I mean, cool. even Terry that we had here a couple episodes ago, he uh -huh. had somebody come up to him, a young lady that he didn't know. And she was just like, you know, I was kind of interested about your theory about the jetties and the breaking up of the uh -huh. swell as it comes along the coastline. She's like, I never even thought of that before. And he was like, well, that's kind of cool that somebody <laughs> just randomly came up to me, you know? So, you know, it's, 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 it's thrilling a little bit that you have, that we're like connecting in a sense to other people out there that For are sure. just maybe just talk about the same things as well. And that's yeah. kind of what this is about. It's just talking story. Just a bunch of nerds. Just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> All right, let's roll into the next thing. Let's get nerdy. Um, report and forecast. So clearly it's been bombing. It's been the best swell that we've had, best run of swell that we've had in a long years. time, yeah. years. I mean, we still had waves today. Seven days of ground swell at South Beach is quite a run of swell. And that low is not dead yet. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty that interesting. That low was probably producing like an eight or ten year swell. Wow. And lighting up the whole Atlantic. You're hearing, hearing it here first, folks. You guys seen that uh, video from Caribbean, from Puerto Rico, Trace Palmas, the Caribbean? How ridiculous yes. is that? That was awesome. Well, they had a uh, northwest wind right behind the front as it first came in. It was a little, little bumpy, but I've seen some spectacular video the last few days. It's, it's still going on. And, I'm and seeing all my buddies posting. I'm so, like, oh, and I'm guessing yeah. this is all still from the same storm, same right? Storm, and, yeah. I mean, how much longer do you think we still have? Is that, or at this point of, in meteorology, is it just you can't really tell how much more it's left other than monitoring buoys? But at this point, you're just like, just be stoked for whatever it is that you get left. Now, the low is lifting off, and it's not uh, no longer pointing at us. So maybe today or tomorrow will be the last day of swell we'll see on the Florida coast. But as the low is moving off to the northeast, it's still pushing swell south and southeast towards the mm -hmm. uh, Caribbean and, and Africa and right. into the southern Atlantic. So Africa's going to be going off for the next week. <laughs> Buy a Buy plane tickets. ticket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably cheap. We're uh, now getting a travel agency going. <laughs> <There you laughs> next, next episode. Chase that swell. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, you know, it's been an incredible run of swell here in South Beach and in all of South Florida. Right. And it continues on um, really through tomorrow and Sunday, like Scott was just saying. And then um, the trend is our friend. It looks like uh, we're coming into prefrontal the next few days. Gonna warm up, maybe get a little southerly flow. Maybe some like crossed up wind chop with a little bit of that ground swell can make a little funny peak. Get out on the kite. This guy's kiting. gonna be kiting, I'm sure. Of which I, I gotta ask you, was there something that just passed recently for the Speaking kiting that, that haps, locally yeah. within the city of Miami Beach? Because I saw some cheers and whatnot of that. that I, I'm guessing that uh, there was a meeting yesterday that had changed the tide in regards to kite surfing on Miami Beach? There was a proposal being considered by the Neighborhoods Committee, committee right. um, to ban or limit kite surfing and some are part of Miami Beach. Right. But after several months, uh, three, four months of meetings and discussions, um, and the Miami Beach Kite Borders Foundation really pushing hard and presenting a proposal over and over to the city and trying to educate the commissioners. I think we finally got our point across that there's mainly one location where there has been a problem, the 25th Street area. Which the everyone I think eroded, understand. Yeah, the beach has eroded there, got uh, condos and uh, Hotels. lots of residents, and they put the new, the new uh, lifeguard tower there. Right. Um, so that it seems like they've come up with a resolution that to get uh, to allow everybody to be relatively happy there so the I guess it was a neighborhoods uh, uh, committee had another meeting I thought that was going to go to then to the to the commission who the entire commission to that day dice um, but they decided to accept our proposal and limit kiting I believe south except for 24th Street limit it south of 29th and then allow us to keep our other uh, zones in the rest of Miami Beach that we've been kiting. We're, we have generally congregated to areas where we're in between lifeguard right. stands. There's a, the beach has been wide enough, and we haven't been near surf breaks or right. too much uh, right. activity on right. the beach. So we're, right. kind of, we're, we're where we need to be, right. really. Right. So they've excited to accept that and um, give it six months and see how it goes. Cool. So we're, we're going to be self-policing, oh, cool. taking anybody who's, who's violating the rules out behind a woodshed. Right. And, uh, tell them how it Old works. school style. Beep, yeah, beep, 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 beep. Um, <laughs> and yeah. and the, the lifeguards need to be aggressive. Don't uh, don't hesitate to, to, to whistle us in. Give us, you know, right. talk to, right. tell us what you think is right. uh, we should be doing that day, what, what's, what's, what's going on, yeah. what's appropriate. It's going to so. take a little time, the transition, both uh, well, on, on, the, we've, on we've the enforcement kind of side of lifeguards. Over the last three, four, five years, right. we've, had, we've had this um, a little friction between the surf community right. and staying away, right. but that, that's kind of worked itself out, right. and the yeah. lifeguards have kind of kept it. We've, we've figured out what surf breaks and what lifeguard stands we can go near right. and how close. Mm -hmm. right. we've, we've always ready well, kind of work this. Well, it's kind of important. Kind of being I think kiters have done a really good job as far as regulating themselves. Well, and kind we of, have, and, we right. have to or we would lose our, our right. 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 And that's exactly why we founded the Miami Beach Kite Warriors Foundation is to uh, protect our right to ride on Miami Beach. No, it's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, I, you know. So the the guys, the, the board on, on the, the kite surf, the kiteboarding uh, uh, foundation have done a really good job. Um, they've had numerous meetings with commissioners. Uh, we've been sending in emails. We've had a change.org uh, petition going around. Um, so we've, we've, a lot of we've really rallied and we have educated the commissioners uh, to let them it's know what's a, going on. not a very easy thing for a commissioner no, to understand. Not at all. No. I mean, I know a lot of the commissioners right. have been pretty active in, in civics here in the city and... No, even skateboarding is, is hard to grasp 
And kiting is like a whole well, other thing. The city code is still really uh, old and antiquated. Right, it's, uh, yeah, it's there's so no, archaic. On yeah. city code, there's no frisbee playing, right. no ball playing. Right. I'm games. aware. It's all really old. Right. You yeah. remember in 2011, 2012, right. when we, we had to issue, ban surfing. Yeah, trying to ban surfing, right. except on South of Fifth right. Street. Right, we were on, trying to enforce Christmas. an ordinance that was already yeah, in place exactly. that they had put in the 60s and then they updated in the mid 90s yeah. in regards to saying all surfing or, all so, sur or water sports was designated from Fifth Street South. Exactly. So kiteboarding is not even. There's no terminology no. that even refers no. to it on city mm -hmm. code. Well, they hardly, and I yeah. think windsurfing is referred right. to as paraboarding right. or something right. yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Because right. yeah. again, this was all done in the 60s. They didn't really change. The, there was the, some update done in the 90s. 90s right, but yeah. I don't think much was, the verbiage yeah. wasn't really changed but it's much. A, it's, what's amazing is that we've all managed to police ourselves right. and manage to coexist with our neighbors for this many years with literally no oversight, yeah. no right. regulation whatsoever. And, and, and no major like nothing. downside, no major like yeah. no major incidents. And, yeah. and this is a perfect example as far as like people just kind of coming together and doing something and, and seeing a positive result from it. Like, right. you know, whether it's again, going back to the kids that we're talking about, like yeah. actually doing something about their, whether it is to clean up their beaches or whether it is to go ahead and fight for gun control or whether it is to go ahead and do things to make sure that they can still kite or do stuff. There's, you know, all it really takes a little effort. And yeah. guess what? Effort is free. Just do it. Right. You know, if you really want to do it, just do it. Make it happen. Yeah. Back to the forecast. Back to the forecasting. So we got some wind chop this weekend. Yep. So wind chop with a little bit of ground swell coming in, and then uh, next front week. Front on Sunday. This is the big. This is the big story. Yeah. Front on Sunday. Some, some maybe something building in late Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. So and it could then, be Monday. And then. And then looks like we got a high pressure after that for. Three four days. You didn't see that so low come off the Mid Atlantic? Uh, no, I'm 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 off. I'm off for it. So uh, next week looks like uh, frontal, just like uh, Scott was saying, and then uh, a low is supposed to come off of the South Carolina Georgia area, scoot up That's to the our sweet spot. Scoot up to the North Carolina area, and um, you know Chicky, everyone knows Chicky from Dubu.com. Um, Chicky. You know, he's been talking about how it's get it now because it's going to be gone because we're going to get this big offshore flow. But South Florida is probably one of the only places in the whole eastern seaboard that will not be flat. It'll be maybe the complete opposite of flat. And this so, would be because um, of? Fronts and a low. And it's like a north or northwest wind and everywhere else will be pretty much dominantly north, north Creating what they call the refraction swell? Or is this? I don't like the term refraction okay, swell. Just because swell. No, I don't like that well, one in, either. In, in the case of <laughs> throw it all swell, out there. In the case of the low, the swell will be actually generated from the low, so it'll be true swell. Right. True swell. And as the, opposed to the the wind swell that you get behind a cold front. Right. The refraction is not really the proper term. Refraction sure. okay. uh, refers to when it when a swell feel a wave feels the bottom and begins to bend because of the because of the bathymetry. What we get here is is really unique, and I've never forecast anything like this. And this is the toughest spot to forecast for. Thank you, thank you. Okay, this <laughs> is this guy does this no for a buoys. living. Okay, this In guy does this for a living. No buoys. That's another thing. I, thank I you. Can't under, I can't. Understand why, with all this marine traffic, the millions and billions of dollars of commerce come out of government cut, and nobody's put a buoy out. Can I just uh, stop you for a second? Sure. Scott has been extremely helpful. I'm working on another side project. You guys may have seen it called Check the Waves. Tony, shout out to you. Tony builds buoys. Tony has been putting in buoys uh, himself, building them, programming them, getting everything to work, doing it sometimes 
In a kayak. In a kayak. I mean, the guy loves oceanography. He yeah. loves surfing, and he loves data collection. And the the problem that Scott is so perfectly described is something that he's really trying, and I've been trying to assist him. And so I wanted to thank you for helping us know where to put our efforts because you've been well, really Well, I, I have designed really a buoy network for the area, and I'm working with Dr. Stephen Leatherman of FIU, Dr. Beach, the guy who does the, the 10 best beaches in the mm-hmm. world every year. Um, We've been putting together a proposal, uh, we put one together last year, for money for ocean observation network, which could Im- include buoys, cameras, um, and any other type of uh, platform that would give us wave information that would be beneficial not just to us as surfers, but right. could uh, help the Corps of Engineers doing beach nourishment, could help the city. Um, doing uh, monitoring beach erosion, um, help ocean rescue with rip current generation, uh, uh, water quality control, trying to figure out where, you know, uh, currents, uh, connect it with modelers and do uh, nearshore ocean circulation. So we're we're putting this um, proposal together uh, through a NOAA program, trying to get some money. Uh, We'll probably have to do it uh, by baby steps and implement some of these platforms, these buoys, one or two a year at a time. So this could be a five, eight, ten year plan. Yep. But Tony and Check the Waves are certainly included in, in our in our plan. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Super cool stuff. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to check that out? It's actually on Thank You Surfing. There's under the Surf Science uh, tab. You can get Check the Waves and get a little more information about Tony and uh, what we've been doing. Um, all right. Let's get into water quality testing. Speaking of water quality. Yeah. Speaking of water quality. I don't know if anybody else um, felt a little ill in the middle of the week. I got sick. It could have been a million different things. I was surfing a lot. I was working a lot, kind of burning the candle at both ends, as I'm imagining a lot of people were doing this week. Um, But water quality testing is now happening here, thanks to Surfrider Foundation and to First Shop. You guys have got a lab right here in the surf shop um, in South Beach, and they're testing Water, well, you can say more about this. I mean, that's about as much as I know. Surfrider has developed a water quality uh, program, water quality testing program over the past uh, couple decades. We call it Blue Water Task Force. Um, It was originally designed to test water at locations where they thought there was a problem and and no other entity or agency was doing any testing. So it will be a standalone. Um, But what we're doing is testing for Enterococci, that's the poo-poo bacteria. Aha, uh-huh. Technical term. Yeah. Poo-poo bacteria. The poo-poo bacteria. Enterococci with smile is face. found in the intestines <laughs> of birds, animals, and, and mammals. Uh-huh. Um, so if you get a positive test, you don't know exactly what it is that's producing it, but you do know that that, that poo-poo bacteria is there. And, and it could make you sick. And it could make you sick. And it also is, a, it's, uh, we understand, is a, a good indicator that other... Uh, uh, foul things could be in the water. Could be interesting. Uh, could be a sewage leak or, or something like that. But anyway, so it's indicative of some sort of. Other it's problem, indicative maybe. of potential uh, bad bad water and, uh-huh. and other problems. So, so the, we're the testing, tests that we're doing now are are they the, more? The tests we're doing right now, we're trying to emulate the State Department of Health's Florida Healthy Beaches program. They have uh, nine beaches, I think, in Miami Dade County. So we've grabbed five of them. Uh, four here on Miami Beach and one in Surfside, and we're gonna, we're testing um, on Thursdays. They test every Monday. Uh, you take the sample, uh, you prepare it, you put it in the incubator, let it sit 24 hours overnight, and see if the bacteria will grow. You come back and then check the the results the next where, day. Stupid question. But where do you get the sample? Like, how does the sample? 
Okay, kid. so we're we're one of the sample sites is uh -huh. here. Okay, we go out with a plastic bag, walk out in about waist deep water, mm -hmm. and grab a sample from about knee deep. Um, Flip it closed, tie it up, and bring it in, and, okay. and prepare it, and put it in the incubator. So for it's not hours. like you're taking a boat out. No, or you're no. Not like we're in the water where where, where most people would be. be. Right, swimmers would be. Okay, right. interesting. We're probably near shore. We're pretty close to the shore. Right, right. Um, but that's where people are going to be entering uh -huh. and exiting the water. So anyway, and the bathing got, areas. Yeah. So I, almost all of these sites are, are public beaches where the public would, would be at attending the beach. So we're, we've uh, selected five sites here: twenty first. 53rd Ocean Terrace at 75 or 6 or so, 73, um, 73, and then Surfside at 93, I believe. Right. We're collecting samples on Thursdays, processing them, and then reading them on Friday and distributing our information. So we collected uh, yesterday, I read the samples today, uh, documented our results, and we, um, we were transmitting it out to the world via newsletter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're going to be sending them to city officials, possibly hotels in the area, and everywhere we can to, to spread this information. Now, the state is testing on Mondays, uh -huh. and their results are available on Tuesdays. Okay. So we're testing on Thursday and have results Friday, so we're doubling the frequency of the state's tests. So no. I think it's super cool. Just yeah. to stop here a second, the sure. state has been doing this. This is a massively funded program through the state. Was a massively funded. Right. Well, well there's defunding. That kind you know. of like one of the reasons why Surfrider jumped into this a little bit more because we knew that it wasn't going to. Right. Be that's what's so we crazy about it. You have a small private business that is stepping up to do something that the state used to do to keep us all safe. Well, and now you feel responsibility. Testing. And the state and is still testing, but their budget has been reduced. The, the Florida Healthy Beaches program was funded 50% by the EPA and 50% 50 by the state up until 2011. But the state legislature decided, hey, the EPA has given us money. I guess we don't need to fund this any longer. So by doing that, they reduced the budget of the uh, Department of Health, the uh, water quality uh, program. And uh, counties north of probably Orlando are not testing during the winter. Wow. Wow. And they have, because of the Assuming funding, most people aren't going in the water at yeah, that particular time. Yeah, so probably like, so. Why oh, should no we way. test it? Blah, and blah, blah. Uh, a lot of counties have reduced the number of test sites that they're, they're wow. testing at. And I think Miami-Dade County might be one of the only counties in the state that's still testing every week. No so way. we initially thought. I mean, we live off. Of yeah. So most of the <laughs> other, mean, most of the other counties, right now. most of the other counties are testing every other week. So we were initially going to fill in that gap. But when we found out Miami-Dade County is still testing uh, weekly, we said, okay, let's just double the frequency, make it closer to the weekend, so get the information out before people go to the beach on the weekend. That's smart. Yeah. Crazy. I had no idea that any of that stuff was really happening. Yeah. I was just so proud to hear you guys were doing it. Well, I we've been I... talking about this for five, six years. But it's been very expensive. But we had, yeah, but we, we had some money set aside, and we've noticed that the, the positive test that you can see from the state was kind of happened pretty frequently. I was like, wait a second here. This is, <laughs> this is no not bueno. good. Maybe well, as surfers, time, we all know. We're well, like, yeah. like a canary in the coal mine. Exactly. You, you are out, hurricane swell, just poured, or like last swell we had from the well, hurricane. Well, the, the water quality after after Enema was was pretty foul for, for several weeks. Yeah. Right. I right, mean, and that was, a lot of that had to do with flooding and just exactly. a lot of runoff and whatnot. Like right. this past swell that we had, we didn't really have much rain or any sort of runoff capabilities yeah. from what I saw. So it seemed like that water quality was probably a lot better because all it was was just big swell rolling through. Exactly. Right? Well. But it was, the swell was pushing in whatever's offshore. Right. And then you've got yeah, the you rips, right. the, the, the right. circulations just yep. holding it there in place. So yep. 
So one of the things we want to do is if we get uh, find a location that's getting frequent positive tests, uh, we want to compare them, one with the state and whatever other data is out there, but we want to try and identify where what are the possible causes of it right. and see if we can help rectify right. the situation. A big believer in making decisions with data. Yeah. And so if you have no data, it's very hard to make decisions. So this this is citizen science at, at its basic. I was going to say, and this is what's great about it. I don't even know yeah. about it at its basic. I mean, you guys have a full-on lab. And actually, if you guys come to the shop, uh, this is first shop yeah, here in Miami, ask to see it. I mean, it's really cool. And anybody that works here will be able to tell you what exactly they're doing there. And like I say, Surfrider's been doing this for a couple of decades. They have a plug-and-play uh, program. We just uh, call them up, tell them we're going to start send them uh, oh, cool. a list of what we're going to do. They sent us uh, an inventory of what we would probably need. Uh -huh. We went over it, um, uh, got a price tag on it, uh, found a few pieces of equipment on eBay for nice. cheaper for half price. Um, headquarters got us a couple things from the, the manufacturer for, for a discount. So cool. what I could mean, have been a, a five or $6,000 investment, we got it for less than four. That's amazing. And we have e enough equipment and supplies to test for a full year, our five sites. That's incredible. I mean, would you encourage other people throughout the state to maybe go, whether it's surf shops or not, or it doesn't have to be a surf shop, it could be anybody that's really concerned about their local water quality, about creating maybe a station or teaming up with their local surf rider chapter to go and say, hey, I have a little space you know and this kind of concerns me because you know we can all help we don't have to help the same way exactly but if someone has like say has some room in a facility to be able to do it and, and it makes sense like it made sense for us here that we're only steps away from the beach right. you know to be able to kind of do right. it to make yeah. surf, surf shops kind of seem like a logical That's place a logical place yeah right. absolutely oh um by by all means um go to surf check out the surf rider uh website and then look on our programs and you'll see blue water task force uh, and see if there is a, a chapter in your area that is testing. I do know they're testing in Palm Beach. Broward County is trying to get their um, program up and going, and there's some testing going on in the Clearwater area. Uh, so those locations, um, they could certainly use additional volunteers. If you raise the money can add, and uh, get more supplies, you can test more sites. We're trying to get our, our system down. Um, verify that our results are pretty much in, in, uh, in line with what the state is receiving, and then we'll look at expanding um, in six, nine months, or a year or so. Thank you. Thank you. That is, that is so Thank awesome. you first. Hey, we're just, That's you know, such we're, an awesome we're here to help program. however we can, honestly. Yeah. And like, honestly, if any of you guys are watching this in, in your local area, definitely look it up, exactly what uh, Scott said, and see if uh, you can pitch in in some way, make, make the suggestion drop into the local shop and say, hey, maybe you guys should put a lab back there. They may have no idea this is even possible. Right. And you guys have a great model, and I'm sure you'd be sharing the all the And it doesn't take much room. plug and play, man. We, yeah. It can be implemented in a few months if you've got, got the money to get it started. Honestly, it really doesn't take much room, and it's such a big help, and it's so easy, and it really brings the Austin, community further together. I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> Austin, make it happen. We're counting on you. But, I mean, this is a, also one of those things where, you know, whether it, it's you're on the front lines, you know, helping out by picking litter up or whether you are donating and giving money to a local charity, whether it's Surfrider, to go ahead and give them the money to be able to, you know, keep doing these things or buy the equipment or your place that's 
hosting, let's say, right. something like this. You know, or, or, the, or the people picking out the water. Right. You know, well, that's one of the things the about Surfrider. I'd always sent my $25 check for 20 years, but I'd never been involved, never right. been around a, a chapter. But I, I moved here, and I saw that they were having a meeting. I went to the meeting, met Mike Gibaldi, and the rest is history, man. I've been involved. I'm, I'm hardcore ever since. He, he's, he's good at taking people in. Mike's, Mike's got a special Mike, way. Mike is Mr. Surfrider Miami. Yes. <laughs> it's hard Absolutely. to argue that yeah. point, that's Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's move into the next thing here. Um, this is this is an interesting one. I don't know how even did you come up with this? Which one? Uh, the next topic here: surf rituals. Oh, uh, we were talking about it, and um, and you know, it's just it, it's just one of those things that kind of popped up. We're just like, you know, there's so many different sports, right? And so many different sports athletes do different things. Like maybe they're going through like they wear the same socks, uh -huh. and they're a baseball player, and they wear the same socks for like a week straight. Playoff beards and right, hockey. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Like all these different things, and and it was one of those things. Like I'm sure there's, I know. There's surf rituals that we all kind of have, whether it's, you know, like I won't eat a big meal before I go surfing kind uh -huh. of thing. I mean, I know it's just kind of makes sense, but some people oh, don't. The, the, um, the <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been a part of or witnessed this, but it's like the burning of surfboards oh, to, yes, we've done to, to bring a smell. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've never done that. Have you guys done that? No. <laughs> I, I have. And, 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 and you know, I growing up, witnessed, listen, witnessed growing up down here, and when you don't get waves it's for a, a board long fire. time, you're like, you need like a full on seance. You're just like, whatever it takes, bring me oh waves. I thought that was only like in cartoons. No, I've done it. I've seen it, and we put it out. I mean, we've also done it for like paddle outs. For friends that have passed and whatnot and you kind of do something like that but that's that's um, a ritual for sure yeah but then you start thinking like maybe this isn't really healthy <laughs> maybe i shouldn't be burning a surfboard be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah well that's no bueno and then yeah. you're just like all right somebody put it out <laughs> beer <laughs> <All right. laughs> but the waves do come somehow they do so maybe don't give it up yet i mean what sort of do you have any rituals yeah, I've got like a bajillion rituals. And, um, and are they pertinent to the type of surf that you're getting? Is it whether it's cold, whether it's warm? Um, I have a lot of rituals in my life to begin with, so I could probably go on here for a long time. Like I'm definitely, I definitely put on my wetsuit left leg first. Have to. Uh, really? Um, yeah, and then when I put on my flip flops. Any reasoning for that? None. Okay. Um, my, um, well, other than like I would die. <laughs> I would die if I don't. Uh, same Something thing, bad would happen. Yeah, some, yeah. Same thing with the flip flops or shoes. Left one left goes. Left first? Yeah. Left first. Every single and time. And you're right handed? Yeah. Do you do the same thing when you get on a plane going on a trip somewhere? Um, left foot first to getting on the plane? No, I try not to step on the crack though between the plane and the. Uh, and the don't want to break your mom's back. Wing, I don't know. Yeah, the, I don't know what that's about. Other than that, um, don't, break, don't want to break your mom's back. Yeah. I'm not. I, I don't really have too many rituals. I mean, I actually I do some sort of like little sh weird stretch that um, has been videoed. Oscar, don't release that, please. <laughs> um, so I know some of you guys that served me a lot would know that one. Yeah, it's um, like pirouettes. It's weird. Um, I'm just I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I came up with it. Um, no, that's pretty much it. Left leg first. They're not surf specific. They're more just like if I'm leaving the house to go surf in the morning, like I'll check to make the coffee. The coffee maker's not on like a hundred times. Yeah. I'll like leave. I'll like get the elevator and then I'll go back to the apartment and like <laughs> make sure the toilet's not running. But that has nothing to do with surfing. That's exactly. just my that's well, just my crazy that's mind. That's just your your. <laughs> well, I I will do the left the left foot first uh, going into a uh, a plane traveling to a surf trip and stuff. It's left lane, left foot first, and like right hand on the thing. Like it's a weird, like <laughs> oh, left foot right. Weird. It's like a getting on and you're like, okay, it's weird. 
how that happens. And I also have a thing with like board shorts. I've got like 18 to 20 different pairs of board shorts. Uh -huh. And for me, like they're pertinent to like, all right, what kind of surf is out there? Oh, interesting. Am I longboarding or am I shortboarding? You yeah. coordinate shorts. Oh, dude, it's like, it's a vibe. It's a feeling like shorts. This is my going you out in the boat shorts. Have his outfit. He is yeah. so fashion Going forward. on my board shorts, you know. You are so Full-sided standard. These are the shorts that are going to happen. <laughs> you know, so maybe not so much ritual stuff, but, you know, I get the You clothes. got some? Uh, probably just my stretching routine. Like, uh -huh. I, I go through a, I've been doing yoga the past few years, so I've incorporated some yoga in it. I want to get, get loosened up. Probably extend my, my, my leash and put it on in, in the same manner, but it's mainly a stretching routine. I, I will start to dry heave, however, when I get too excited. Like all this adrenaline starts to build. Like one time I remember it was like a big swell and I got all adrenaline was pumping and then I had coffee as well on an empty stomach. Like I was, I was getting, I felt like a cat with like a, with like a hairball stuck. I was like, bah, bah. and it was just like, also you're like dry heaving, like I'm about to puke. And it's just because all this energy and all of a sudden all this anxiety starts to kick in. You're like, it's fucking waves, there's waves. And all of a sudden you're just like, and then you get in the water and all of a sudden you're like paddling here, paddling there, paddling. And then all of a sudden you paddle yourself out of position and you don't chill. And it isn't until like all that energy is expended. And I'm just like, I'm like oh, now we surf. Now can, <laughs> now then I'm, then I'm like exa completely exhausted. I'm just yeah. like, I'm done. <laughs> so I uh, asked um, some friends what their rituals were. We did get some responses. Oh. Um, first one that came in, uh, I think it was the first one, was Josh. Um, and he said that he likes to surf with his friends. And so the first thing he does when he realizes there's waves, he calls like his crew and he gathers everybody up and he's like, let's go surfing together. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting ritual because I'm not really like that. And so you said, do you, do you prefer surfing with friends or are you just, you're cool with just going on your own always? Yeah. For the most part. Even when I surf with friends, I surf by myself. Right. Pretty kind much. Of paddle off into your spot. Yeah. I don't, I kind of like lose everything when I go out and line up and, if I see a peak down there, it's like, see ya. Right. You know, like, if we're sitting next to each other on the same peak and it's good, and it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk for a little while, but like, if you catch a right and I catch a left, and I go down to two peaks down, right. and you go down two peaks, it's not like I'm gonna be like, but where, but where did my friend go? Because yeah. we need to finish that talk. And it's not like that at all for me. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting one. That is good. And I know that like a lot of friends will call me and be like, oh, let me know if you're gonna go out. One friend in particular, um, Jaime, I know you don't even have Instagram, so you're not gonna see this. Um, <laughs> he follows on YouTube. He'll call me just to like know if I'm gonna paddle out. He'd be asking me how it is, do I need to wear a wetsuit, needing to know everything about it. He'd be like, all right, man, I'm at work. Water quality samples? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> just saying. He wants to know the I whole, get him sometimes. The whole, the whole rundown, he's like, all right, man, I'll catch you this weekend. <laughs> So you didn't want to go surfing at all? You just wanted to know every single thing that's happening? But maybe case. that for him was surfing. Maybe he was there. Maybe he was mentally surfing. And I appreciate it, and that's why I take his calls. <laughs> uh, what's some other ones? Um, oh, we got uh, Kenny wrote in. He had two, actually. He, he sent in one. Mr. Michelson. And then two seconds later, he sent in, like, another one. It was like, wait. No, no. wait. Uh, and so it was the Dawn Patrol where he does like sun salutations, gets like amped for the sesh, and then uh, gets some brekkie afterwards, like a big crazy breakfast. And that's like one ritual. And then he immediately wrote back, oh wait, what about the afternoon sesh? And then like getting a beer at the oh, end of the, the day. Morning. And I was like, oh morning. yeah. And then he had like some sort of conflict within himself and he couldn't <laughs> settle Kenny, it. Kenny, conflict within yourself? That's weird. Uh, 
and he wanted me us to settle that for him. So I, I don't know. I mean, actually, everyone knows me will also say that I'm definitely more the evening sesh guy than the Dawn Patrol sesh guy. I feel like we just talked about this the other day when we were up coast. I mean, yeah. I feel like my body is just so much more looser at the... Oh, no. I was talking to Kellen about this. It was, oh. And I had... You know, we were having some beers on trips and kind of stuff uh -huh. where you're like, in Costa Rica, it's the end of the afternoon, you've had some beers with lunch, and you're kind of just like in such a casual mode and just so relaxed, and you just go out surfing. And I felt like my surf late better. afternoon surfing and early evening or just before, you know, dark was kind of my best surfing because your body was just kind of loose and already going versus in the morning, and maybe this is just because I'm an old guy now, at 42, that where it's like the whole body just creaks, where you're just like, yeah, and you're just like, I don't know if I'm really ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'll just boogie board this whole wave in. <laughs> So I've never horrible. been a morning guy. Never, no? never been a Dawn Oh my god, it's so, I, I go occasionally. It's so good to hear another I, surfer say that. I've, I've never been a Dawn Patrol guy. But you also you're a kiter now, so you're like waiting. That's that's kind of why I got into kiting <laughs> and, and, and windsurfing. It's like waiting for if, the if, wind if, to come. So up. if you don't get up till nine or ten, and then the trades are built in, you can still get out and catch some waves. Interesting. Maybe yeah. I'm doing the wrong sport this whole time. Don't do it. Maybe. Maybe. Just kidding. I like kiting. Uh, when other people do it. I'm, you know, I've tried it. Have you tried kiting? No, not yet. Oh, I want to be there when you do. God, it is some good comedy. Oh. I mean, the, I remember when Mark and I had first tried it once many years ago, and and you it was for Mark's birthday. When you first yeah, it was for Mark's birthday. Fantastic. And, and, like I've hobby catted and I've windsurfed, so I understand wind theory. Right. Um, but it was one of those things where Mark didn't, and we were kind of, you know, you're, you're parking the kite up at 12. Right. You know, you're kind of holding it there, mm -hmm. and you're dropping it to two o'clock to mm -hmm. go ahead and get, you know, get pulled up and get going. But Mark didn't get pulled up and get going. He like got pulled and launched. launched. It was yeah. great. It was like 20 feet in the air, went 20 yards over, and then got slammed. And because you get slammed, you naturally hold and pull him. And then he also powered up again, again. He powered back up again and took off again and got slammed again. We're crying. We call that crying. This call does that not salt sound water coming out of my call nose. Call that ragdolling. Yeah. <laughs> It was the best it's thing It's so ever. common you have a name for it? This yeah. does not sound like a sport for me anymore. Like, it, I was, usually you so see it happen awesome. if somebody knows what they're doing and you're caught in a, a thunderstorm gust or something. You say, move up. So I will be there the day that you try this. Uh, or never. As the case may turn out to be. <laughs> oh, by the way, the guy that uh, calls me and wants to know everything that's happening wants to go on a kite trip uh, so that we can all learn how to kite. Could happen. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll start up in the morning and then I'll just take a nap in the afternoon while you're kiting. Sounds like a great trip. And then you show me video afterwards. <laughs> and I'll laugh because you're going to, what, ragdoll? Ragdoll, yeah. Yeah. He would definitely ragdoll. Oh, it's so epic. I mean, I, I died of laughter when I ragdolled too. I mean, it was pretty funny. I mean, it was one of those things where I'm dying of laughter. I'm underwater. I'm dying of laughter. I should probably breathe. I'm underwater. And I'm dying of laughter again because it's so funny. And then you realize, like, I should probably not pull down on this thing because that's what's keeping me going up and going back. Yeah, down. that's a quick learning curve, Ooh. you gotta imagine. <laughs> Golden rule, let go. Yeah. Oh, let go. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to let go. Yeah. Hence my OCD, left foot first, everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, we've been talking probably for a long time already, and I feel like we've done a disservice to everybody because we have an incredible resource here, and um, it is Scott. He is a professional meteorologist. He does what I try to do. He does for a living. And so one of the things that I really wanted to get into with you, Scott, was um, what are some of the tools and techniques that you use or that you could recommend and we can banter about this as much as you want um, 
to you know the average surfer out there that's looking to get better at knowing where waves are going to break, when they're going to break, how big they're going to be, what the conditions are going to be like. Basically plan their life around surfing. How do you do that better? That's what we have to do around here. Well, there's all kinds of uh, apps and, and contractors, uh, vendors that provide forecasts these days. Right. Um, when I was growing up, that wasn't available. That's actually one reason why I got into meteorology. Same. Uh, I lived uh, half an hour from the beach, and I got tired of being burned. Mm-hmm. So okay. I took a, a course in, in college and really liked it. So that's, that ended up being my, my major at the end. But um, um, most, if you didn't know, most of the... Uh, Contractors, Surfline, and, and everybody are using the NOAA Wave model. Mm-hmm. NOAA Wave Watch. Wave Watch Three. Wave, Wave Watch Three Wave model because mm-hmm. it's free. Uh huh. If you want to, you can go to NOAA, download the code, run it on a Linux box, and provide your own forecast yourself. Yes. You can run the model yourself. So that's why everybody's using that model, cool. and it's a very good model. Hey, we had a dog to um, show up. It's a very That's good a model, first. but if you use the models over time and you have some verification, you can see the model biases and their strengths and weaknesses. And, and because the WaveWatch 3 is based on the GFS? Okay, the WaveWatch... Uh, I think all, we're talking way over people's heads already. Well, all, all of the Wave models use the winds of some particular uh, weather model to force the wave generation in the Wave model. Okay, so let's just go back one half a step. Wind over water creates waves. Yes, it does. Weather models predict wind. That's one of the parameters that you get out of the weather models, correct. And so when you have these weather models predicting wind, you can take that information and plug it into the wave model. model. Into a wave model, okay. Um, But in that same manner, the Navy has their own weather model and they're using the wave watch code to run to to forecast their their waves using their winds of their way of their weather model. Is that the NAM model? That's the the NAVGEM, the the what used to be FNMOC. Oh. They 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 upgraded the model and it's called NAVGEM now, I believe. Okay. So that's actually one that I don't look at regularly. That's uh, I'm going to have to go check out. That's probably available on the FNMOC website. Okay. Um, the European, the ECMWF that we always talk about during hurricane season, uh-huh. they've got a superior weather model and a damn good wave model also. And then there's I've also, had a lot of trouble accessing that wave it's model. It's not free. That's why. That's why. <laughs> got to pay to oh, play. By the this way, is not all the stuff we're talking play. about right now, I'll probably, if it's or not on Thank You Surfing in the resources under Surf Science already, we'll start adding this stuff in there so you can actually look at all these acronyms. And I was going to say a breakdown of the acronyms. Of, and click on GFS, all this stuff. meaning Global, global Forecasting forecast system. system. Okay. Used to be the AVN model years ago. Which was known as... AVN. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I but think, it's, it's the it's predominant for model for, 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 for <laughs> aviation weather forecasting for the U.S. It government. Was the, it was NOAA's weather model. There you go. So NOAA's weather model is the GFS now, Global Forecast System. Um, no, the ECMWF is the European Union. It's a collaboration of several European countries, um, and it's not um, any government's weather agency mm-hmm. the uh united kingdom great britain has uh the uk met yep. model and that's their weather agency yep. but this ecmwf is a european union and they don't give anything away from free they they actually even uh, we're going to even make us us pay for their weather you model mean us being us being NOAA, the, national uh, weather service <laughs> national hurricane center Okay, so I don't feel so bad being yeah, with, not being able to find this stuff. And we Denied. Were, <laughs> and Noah was considering, yeah, but I'm thank you surfing, you guys. And Noah was Denied. considering not paying for it as well. 
Really? Yes. But their stuff is so good. But their model is so good, we cannot go without it. Um, the and I'm guessing this is the European model that when the layman like myself that's the watching EC, the news and, and stuff like that, EC, where they're always kind of like when they're forecasting hurricane season, and that seems to be the model that everyone gravitates to as the most sure. Well, it depends. Prediction? I'm just saying, no, I mean, I know that I'm sure there's... Everybody's got like a certain bias towards a certain model during a certain season and everything well, else. Well, um, it is going to be um, the model that's going to be most consistent probably from run to run. When I say run to run, um, we uh, run our model every six hours. So it's run four different times a day, each time in inputting the most recent uh, data. Mm -hmm. um, Two times a day globally, they're launching weather balloons, and that information is going into the weather models. So uh, that's at uh, zero UTC and 12 UTC. And those two runs should be the most um, reliable model runs of the day. The European, or the EC, or the Euro, as they'll call it on TV, is only run twice a day at zero Z and, or zero UTC and 12 uh, UTC. Um, it is gonna be the most consistent, and in recent history, 10, 15 years, uh, in the long range, it has been the most reliable. Now, the, the GFS, is, they've uh, increased the resolution, and it produces some really fine-scale specifics about storm systems and, and feature and phenomena that are amazing that it picks up and, and, and shows. And these fine-scale features like uh, winds around an island, uh, we forecast gap winds, the trade winds blowing across Central America and then accelerating on the other side of the coast. It picks up on those things wow. really, really Nicaragua. Well. Nicaragua, <laughs> exactly. That's epic. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Tehuantepec in, in, uh, in Mexico, uh -huh. on the south side of the Gulf of, Gulf of Mexico. Um, and it's interesting to watch the, the evolution as we're, for example, forecasting hurricanes because you'll see a group of models that are kind of generally in line, but... A lot of times you'll see the GFS ends up being faster in, in, in mm -hmm. time. It speeds up. But, but over time, almost without uh, exception, the GFS kind of gradually uh, goes adjust toward, adjusts towards EC, the yeah. European model. Now, sometimes they'll be a little bit divergent, and you'll see them adjusting towards each other. But when you have a group of models that you rely on that you think are, are pretty good, and they're all giving you about the same answer, then your confidence is, is much exactly. higher right. on the forecast. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at um, uh, a consensus. What are these? What are our main uh, best uh, performing models? How, how are they doing, and, and how are they differing um, amongst themselves? So, for example, with with Irma, initially. Um, uh, the GFS was going up the East Coast, and then it went towards the West Coast, right. and then it, you know, then, then it went back to East, and right. then eventually went back to the West. Almost the entire time, the European was going either up the center of Florida or to, or the, to west. the West. Yeah. So all the models eventually shifted towards the European model. Right. So when you see the models shifting towards the European, you're you're probably put your money on that basket. Right. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. Right. It really is. I mean, for me, they start to like have almost the characteristics of friends. You know, like you look at them and you're like, oh. He, he, he needs to go out more often. Oh, you GFS. You're always going a little bit too fast. I know you're you're just a little, you GFS, moving well, that, too fast again. Well, that's funny you're saying this about this load developing this week. Well, you know, four or five days down the line, sometimes the GFS spins something up and it might not be actually what's going to happen. So, the Euro did it too. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so when you see that and you say, oh, hey. Models in alignment. This is likely going to happen. Right. Some, some version, some of, version this. of this. They might shift a little bit 
timing-wise, a little north, a little right. south, it looks like that, that's going to evolve. Okay, so this is a major point that um, I, I think that a lot of people miss with forecasting is that they look at you know days out and they don't realize the further out you go, the less confidence you can have in that forecast. Correct. The closer you are, the more data you have, the more confident you're going to be in that forecast. And so um, we're talking about weather models here right. as opposed to wave models because that's kind of, I mean, doesn't even really where it starts, but for practical purposes of surf forecasting, you want to start with your wave, uh, your weather models, right. and then you're coming downstream into wave models, right? and then into observations. And like uh, Scott was saying before, down here in South Florida, our observations are pretty much we nothing. Have, we have uh, no... Uh, Except for check no, the waves in Jensen. That's the only one in South Florida. No wave, no wave observations over the water. We have Correct. recently gotten one wind observation. Uh, the company Weatherflow. Really? It was I kite surf, I wind surf. Uh -huh. um, they have put out a um, a wind anemometer on top of one of the navigational buoys coming into Government Cut. Oh, that's right. You were telling me that the other it's day. On, it's on the, that again. on the web platform Wind Alert. Wind Alert. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, Anyway, uh, they put that out a year and a half or so ago, and that's the most representative wind ob observation you'll have around. So that's, that's just awesome. A, that's so not even I'm going to go on a limb here, and I'm going to say that weather predicting is a little, I don't know, not an exact science. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why we talk in probabilities. Yeah. That's what I tell guys I work with. Guys, look, we're meteorologists. you got to be accustomed and comfortable with being wrong sometimes, right. man. Right. All the time, we're, we're, pretty much. Like gray area is your friend. There are, there are times when something I, I can, we see something, I see something that I know is going to happen, and when I know it's going to happen, I will tell you, with certainty that this right. will happen. But otherwise, I, I want to give you the the possibilities, the range right. of possibilities. As as a hurricane forecaster, I want to give you enough information about what I know and what could happen so that you can make an informed decision for yourself that you will be comfortable with right. and have confidence in. Yeah, and it's it's okay to say, like, I'm not sure yet. And right. as a forecaster, it you want to have that like and crystal ball so and say, everything. What, how many days out would you say that you can start to get into like a little bit more certainty? Here, like inside, let's go five, here inside and, five, three on day by by three days out, we're we're pretty confident. Okay, yeah, it's good to know. But but getting beyond day uh, three days, there's but a little three days confidence. three days within what a storm might do. But not necessarily what the swell is going to do, say in Broward or Miami-Dade County. Yeah, uh, well, that actually, becomes a little harder. This year, the Hurricane Center's uh, forecast verification statistics were the best ever. We have this uh, thing we've always advertised to Mariners called the Mariners One Two Three Rule. Uh -huh. That um, every one day our forecast was generally a hundred miles off. So at day one. It was 100 miles, day two, 200, day three, 300. We were within 150 miles. That's uh, so awesome. Out on day three wow. this past year. That is incredible. So that's a reflection of how good the weather models are getting. Yeah, science and, is and how, incredible, huh? And how we're learning to use them best. It's not necessarily that any one particular weather model was that good, but we learned the weaknesses of each of the various strengths and weaknesses, and we know how to use them in together and have confidence on what is wrong and what is right and which was the best solution. 
So it seems like with knowledge and the understanding of things and we kind of grow off of things that within us as people, we get to learn and understand more. But we've understood just with water quality testing that there's cutbacks within the government. And it seems like there's cutbacks within the environmental side of things within our government on the federal level. Like, how does that apply into uh, like NOAA and what you guys do? Do you I mean, are you guys getting stripped of certain tools that you guys have to continue? Or are you guys still feeling pretty confident with what I don't you know if have you want to take that one. I'll take it for him, maybe. As a private citizen, sure, I, I will appreciate this. It is awful. Citizen. It is god awful what's been happening in terms of science in this country on a federal level. I've worked in this field, and I can tell you that it's been slashed and cut a million different ways. And the things that we should be investing in, the things that'll move us forward as a country, in my opinion, and probably most scientists who do science because with weather and hard weather like that it's about being proactive instead of reactive it's trying to get and the stuff that we've put into uh you know into practice now was stuff that was put into action you know decades ago science is not fast did we just put the go satellite up for example and it's like that program probably started i mean you could tell me 15 or the 70s the 70s okay and so if we stop funding now it's not even like us that are going to be damaged it's going to be people to come and clearly the uh, climate seems to be having an impact on what our storms are doing storms are becoming more violent more frequent at least in my opinion right i'm, I'm not a scientist so the knowledge but... and understanding isn't necessarily being uh being taken away it, it's the tools and uh tools for... and, and funding just right. for 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 bodies to do jobs right the current because administration it, it, right. is is not uh one high on science um they're they seem to be in many in Washington are more concerned about profit, keeping uh, keeping the uh, U.S. economic machine rolling, everybody right. making money, or the the big wigs making right. money, um, the big dogs, uh, and they're moving away from science-based decisions and going on what's what's more economically uh, positive or, or uh, uh, f for them and and. Um, their constituents. Yeah, they're, why, they're, why use information when you can use feelings? Yeah. So actually, uh, that, since you mentioned <laughs> that, there, are, there have been proposed budget, significant budget cuts to the National Weather Service and to NOAA that would significantly reduce our, our workforce, the number of bodies that we have. Uh, um, and, and if anything, we need to be increasing that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not getting... Any easier, right? And well, we're the, not depending on it the, any less. The you know thinking of, of thumb in some in Washington is, oh, we'll, we'll privatize it, which always drives me crazy yeah. about the privatizing of so many different things. Whether it's that, no, there's there's this. there's room for certain aspects of it to be okay. privatized. Right. But, um, the government is really but only no broad one. stroke. It's got to yeah, be. But, but we serve a, a function and, and watch and warning, and we have some expertise. And if you take it away from us, you. You're really will Putting be affecting. Right. Uh, that's why we're in the department. Uh, Noah's in the Department of Commerce. Commerce. Ah, smart. It's because it's important to make money in this country, Ugh. and if you're going to have uh, no weather forecasting, it's going to be very difficult to move goods around the country. It's going to be very difficult to predict what's going to happen with your crops. Oh, little things like this. What about commuting, even? Or transportation. I mean, there's a million, all of it, all a million. Yeah. I mean, we're not even talking about tourism or anything else. Right. It's everything is highly dependent on weather. Right. And here we are being like, yeah, whatever. Weather schmether. Yeah, weather schmether. Just like my dad said, stick your head out the window in the morning. <laughs> Is this a reaction to my dad saying that my whole life? Never really thought about that. <laughs>
Next reflective, up, next week. Reflective moments. <laughs> um, Going into the deep psychology of what your parents did to you. But uh, and is there any other resources? Actually, I want to throw a couple of resources out there that I think are super important. Um, one um, that was actually that I think you had a lot to do with um, is the near shore wave prediction system. No, I did not, but I did uh, verification. I participated in the verification study. Uh, and you also were very instrumental in showing me this model. <laughs> so there's that. Um, you were instrumental. The, the wave models are generally for open ocean, op for the open oceans, and they don't uh, take into account the wave interacting with feeling the ocean floor and doing and any interaction. And there's different dynamics in shallower water. Um, so there are, have been uh, wave models. One of them is called SWAN. Uh -huh. That's a shallow water uh, uh, wave uh, program. Um, and this, the National Weather Service has developed a version of SWAN called Nearshore Wave Prediction System. Um, so there, we're taking the wave watch wave energy and bringing it to near shore and then transferring it into this near shore uh, uh, model and near shore uh, domain and producing forecasts for the near shore coastal zone inside like 50 miles or so. Does that start in one part of the state and and, and No, and this is all around the United States. Now they've expanded yeah. it, yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Like, I mean, I, for me, just again, on the layman side of things, it's like I think of somewhere like Florida and we've got a lot of shallows that go out different parts, yeah. right? Keys don't really break as well as they could unless it's the outside because there's just so much shallowness that goes on for that breaks right. up the actual swell. But if you have... Uh, well, we have a saying in, in the weather modeling world, garbage in, garbage out. If the wave, wave energy three. that the wave watch model is, is, is forecasting is not correct, then you're not going to have a correct solution from the nearshore wave prediction system. It's got superior physics in it, and it should perform and, and uh, show the, the wave action um, as, it, as it occurs naturally in, in nature. But the wave watch model... Although it is a very good model, it has a bias for long period swell. Swell that's traveling a significant distance, it dampens it out too quickly. So it's always low on long period mm -hmm. swell. I've seen that before. Um, so it shows up a little bit bigger. If you're on the going to the islands and, and catch a, to catch some swell, and Wave Watch says it's going to be six, seven foot, it's probably going to be eight or nine. Right. So Caleb, are we coming on an hour because we're going to run out of time here? Oh, how about that? So that's something to keep in mind as you use all your various uh, uh, wave sources. The wave watch model is, is, uh, has a low bias on swell by a, f a foot or two, unless it gets really big, then maybe right. two or three feet. Right. So, so, we're, uh, so uh, my friend Alex Gibbs, mm -hmm. who uh, worked at the National Weather Service yep. Miami office here, he was the one that set up the nearshore wave prediction system and was running it. Sharp, really sharp guy. Yep. He's now in Honolulu. I know he's it. running it. He's running the, the wave model out there, and I chat with them online the every once in oh, a while. Yeah. yeah. And Why is it nice out in Hawaii? Mm -hmm. I hear, I hear. <laughs> Aloha. Why'd I leave? I'm just kidding. I came back here for all this. So yeah, that's a really really cool model, and it's actually already on the site. So if you guys want to go look into um, on the oceanographic of surf science uh, page, okay. it's on there. Um, Another one that I look at a lot is the Ocean Prediction Center, just trying to see what's going to be happening in the atmosphere, what's going to be happening uh, with sea states, and um, Ocean Prediction Center (OPC). OPC. For those acronym That's, fools out there. They're the equivalent of my office at the Hurricane Center, but they forecast for th for 30 degrees north, northward. 
So we stop off uh, a little bit north of Jacksonville at about 30, 31 north in the Atlantic. And OPC is our, our sister office, and they're forecasting the open ocean for that area. So you guys are my friend from May through October, and they're my friend for the winter season. But there's no surfers in that office. I'm not going to be able to help you, man. So you got to call me anyway. <laughs> Scott, why are you here? Of course. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, we've been doing this for well over now. This is probably our longest cast. I think we should probably wrap this thing up. Um, I mean, there's a lot of information we've gone over tonight. It's so good. From, um, the to watch this over again. I know. I actually go home actually usually and like sit there and just watch the whole thing again and be like, wow, yeah, that guest had a lot of cool stuff to yeah. talk about. When t I watched the Terry episode myself probably like four times. Got yeah. It. No, he's, he's good. So um, thanks for joining us. I'm Brad from Thank You Surfing. Scott, Scott from Surfrider. Chris, Chris from First Surf Shop. And, and shout out to Caleb for doing all the AV stuff tonight. Yeah, Hopefully Caleb. this is going to be way better in quality than we've done Such in the past. And if not, then uh, we'll try again next time. <laughs> thanks for joining. Peace Cheers. Out. Uh, on the iPad one, did you hit end and then save by chance? Uh, yes. So we passed an hour. Oh, so okay. I saved that one and shared it, and we started up. Wow, we did more than and an hour. So, yeah, we ran out of time. The whole thing will be up on the site later this week, so it's better out of time. Wow. Awesome. Caleb, you're the I man. Dude, you're awesome. a good guest. Oh. <laughs> and the two people recording them separate. Oh. That's